On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about prop tech. We're going to talk about consolidation, acquisition potentially, the intersection of agents and technology in the future. We've got a lot of exciting stuff to discuss with you. Let's dive in. You talk about it privately. We talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Dwiggins, along with my co-host, Keith Robinson, aka Crazy Uncle Keith. Today, we're joined by York Bauer, the CEO of MoxieWorks. We're very excited to have him here. York has had a very long career in the tech sector, working in lots of different companies in many different industries. He's been in the real estate space now since about 2012. We're gonna talk about uh, how he repelled down a 40-foot building in Seattle, uh, as well as uh, technology, prop tech acquisitions, uh, and the intersection of real estate agents and technology in the future. All right, thanks for joining us, York. We're super excited to have you here on the pod. I figured I would start with a super softball question, uh, and and that's to tell the listeners about York. Like, what makes what makes you you? You know, a little bit about your background and just how you got into this, and some exciting things about uh, you know what you think of the industry, yeah, et cetera. But, but so, none of the boring stuff. Yeah, Give but no boring like, stuff. Like, yeah. like how you've wrestled, oh, man, you... wrestled a lion. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> Well, firstly, thanks, gents, for having me. Always a pleasure to see you guys. Uh, and, and this is a fun format you guys have concocted here, so well done. Uh, <laughs> we'll so I'll try my get... best to, to not be be boring, to be colorful. Yeah, there uh, we go. By way of background, I um, I came to the industry kind of in a in a non-traditional way in the sense that I, my entire career is in tech, not in real estate. A lot of, a lot of real estate tech is, comes from players in real estate, not me. I have a computer science degree. I'm a reforming geek. And uh, Moxie is actually the 13th company I worked for. Came to the company 10 years ago. Only place I've worked longer than four years. So as I like to joke, I'm not just drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm making the Kool-Aid. So you have commitment um, issues. That's what we've learned. Yeah, you do, actually. I, I looked at your yeah. LinkedIn profile yeah. and there was a lot yeah. of different <laughs> positions on your on your profile. Your so. power has commitment yeah. issues. You heard it here. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Well, okay. All right. But but if we're going to get colorful, let the record show that I'm yes. also a movie maker. Oh. Made, I've made not one, not two, but three movies and they've made money, all of them, which is something a few can say. There you go. So if you got okay. any Twilight fans out there, they were about the whole vampire and werewolf phenomenon of the twilight stories a decade ago so interesting take so me on email See? if you want to learn more on that watch them I, on amazon God. um i'm also so, as you can tell by my background i'm also a huge motorcycle guy so you know all right what worth, that's what i do in my spare what's your, time what's your what's your brand that you like to ride dude i got it bad i uh <laughs> oh god I, you have a garage full I do. I, I yeah. you know, I, I don't say this in public, so here we go. It's in public yeah. now. I have ten yeah. bikes. Oh, um, there we go. Yes. Yeah, Harleys and BMWs. I, I've had a lot of bikes of different flavors, but that's the, those are the two that are my my go tos. So, well, and also a fun fact: I was I was looking up some stuff online last night. I saw that you scaled a forty story <laughs> skyscraper. What the? Yes, yeah, I, no, you well, didn't okay. see it, Keith. I did. So yeah. here's. For you, gents, here is my pro tip. And use that word lightly, by the way, because yeah, yeah, gents is yeah, a, yeah, is a yeah. Use it loosely word. in your case, yeah, for sure. Very. Uh, but the pro tip is: don't make commitments for <laughs> charity giving that you can't fulfill, or that you you might have to fulfill <laughs> if you don't want to. Uh, you know, I've done this every year. We have a, our 
a charitable giving within Moxie, and and I I always set a you know we set a goal, we reach the goal, and I challenge for a stretch goal, and I say if we do the goal, I'll do the thing. And this year it was to rappel down our our building, which is forty stories, five hundred feet tall here in downtown Seattle. Oh I'm gonna be honest God. with you, I was watching your face. You were red like a cherry from complete oh, nerves. I mean, it was I it was, was like wow. That well, is so ballsy. here's the deal. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have you know acrophobia. That I don't have clinical you know fear of heights, but I there isn't a you human do being now. that yeah. have some fear of heights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Your, so, yeah. your facial yeah. expressions were yeah. were pretty damn funny. I think so. I think the term sphincter tightening experience. Would there come you to go. <laughs> yeah, it's like the time I, I had a, I did have a fear of heights, and then my friends gave me six Red Bulls and and put me on an airplane and went skydiving. Oh. Yeah, that, oh, wow. that gets that gets rid of your fear of heights in a real yeah. hurry. So. Um, <laughs> So there's yeah, a little wow. fun fact. If you All right, let's here, dive in. Yeah. Let's jump in here. So we got we got a lot of stuff to cover, and I want to make sure we get some some real meat to this conversation. So I, we really want to hear your take. Obviously, 2011 until last year was a massive run up in residential real estate, um, and you know I think it was like 13 billion dollars was in prop tech in 2021 or some crazy number. I don't know what the exact number is, but there's been so much money poured into the industry, and then here we are today. We're in a, a pretty significant downturn. Obviously, interest rates. We all know the the whole the whole scenario. Where do you see prop tech going now? Like, is it is there going to be a lot of consolidation? Like, just give us your take. I mean, you're in this business. You are one of the major players in the residential uh, technology space. So, what's your take on all of it? Well, let me sort of go back to first principles before I opine on on the real estate tech piece exactly. I I think. I'm used to playing the long game. That's kind of my shtick. I come from a Central European background, and that's kind of in in the DNA of those cultures. Is you're, you're trying to think for the long term, and I think in the U.S. we tend to get uh, we tend to forget that we tend to think it's all oh, it's all different this time because some short term thing has happened, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what we've gone through, particularly in the last handful of years. It's there was this disconnection from from the realities because the thing that doesn't change over time is human behavior, and the the two characteristics I believe that make real estate so different because I had to learn this by the way coming in when I came into to Moxie a decade ago I'm like I've serviced every industry on the planet through the other software ventures I've been a part of I know how industries work this shouldn't be that much different oh it's very different mm-hmm. and the reason I think is twofold. Number one, a house is a non-fungible asset, mm. that there are no two homes of the same. And we always say that sort of casually, but if you think about that, there are very few things in life that are like that. Products and services are, tend to be standardized. And the second thing is it's the most emotionally and financially significant thing for, for the average consumer that they'll ever do. And so I think all this money that's poured in, that it's somehow going to be different this time, we're going to disrupt, and all these things that, that you see in the, in the Inman headlines over the years, I think ran squarely into that. The other, the only other industry, by the way, that I would highlight, I think everybody would know and, and agree, is the medical industry. Right? No two humans are the same, and it's a high stakes thing, and it's the same deal. We tolerate all kinds of things. Nobody's disrupted medicine right. for the same reason. Right. <laughs> right. right. So the, the reason I give that whole backdrop to, in answer to your question is to simply to say that I feel like when too much capital pours in, and this is the other thing we're famous for doing in the U.S. and in, in the venture capital and private equity worlds primarily venture capital, is all this money gets this herd mentality. We saw it in crypto or, you know, we're seeing it now with AI, I would argue. There's too much capital too fast. And yes, it creates a lot of good experimentation and a 
a tiny handful of things emerge from that that are worthy, but there's a tremendous amount of waste. And that's what we're seeing in PropTech right now is my opinion that we overcooked it way too much capital. And now there's going to be a big fallout period because underneath it, the industry, your industry, the real estate industry is, you know, humming along, taking care of human beings as, as you always have. It's a very fair statement. I mean, I think you could equate that to iBuying. Uh, you could yep. equate that to power buying. These are yep. these are fringe business models that that's it, right. That you're you're looking at it going. I mean, Keith and I had this conversation many times. We're going, okay, if you can't make money in the <laughs> fastest market. real estate market right. on the planet, where yeah. you're depreciating at double well, digit and numbers, the, and it's the <laughs> classic, you know, we'll, we'll lose money yeah. on every one, but don't worry, we'll make it up in volume, in volume. right? Right. 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 Or we'll <laughs> right. do capture rate on ancillary services. Yet in the industry for a hundred years, we haven't been able to get above a twenty to thirty percent capture rate, no. and that's at best. And case scenario. you know, I mentioned, yeah. I mentioned I'm a motorcycle guy. The, the other thing is, we in the tech industry, we want to make everything new, even if it existed for a hundred years. As a right. motorcycle guy, I've been riding country roads forever. And for decades, I've ridden past little yard signs that say, we, you know, we pay cash for houses. Right. It's not a new idea. Right, 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 right. right. And there's right. lots. Of, so, so you basically would say that the, that there's going to be a pullback pretty significantly from venture oh, yeah. capital into the prop. And do you think that's a short-term thing or a long-term thing? Where, where do you? I think, uh, because the, the values in this industry are so high, I don't think it's a forever thing. You know, there's all it's always this industry is always going to attract money trying to do the thing and disrupt and whatever. But I do think that these cycles, at least in my experience in, in the past cycles like this and other tech things, when you have a pullback like what's going on right now in tech specifically, and I'm not talking just real estate tech, I'm talking about technology tech. companies, right. period. Yeah. yeah. It tends to create, you know, um, probably a five year dip you know there's mm -hmm. it's not it's not like a square wave you know but i mean it, there's a fall off and then it takes five years for things to really recover to uh you know kind of a vibrancy well that's you, if you if you think about that keith it was what 2008 we had the the meltdown yeah and it wasn't really in 2010 11 it was around 11 when prop tech funding started to really start that's to right and again. it was yeah. probably not until mm -hmm. 13 that it really started you know humming so well and some of that was a lot of this started because of historically private equity venture capital didn't love residential real estate right it was sort of That's seen right. as this clunky weird we don't really get it but they crave arbitrage and you you didn't have to be you know a nuclear physicist to realize really it's either the end of the world or it's not and if it's not the end of the world real estate's cheap and so it got eyeballs that it had never gotten before because it was the first time real estate had sort of pulled us into a recession. So it got a lot of yeah, a lot of people yeah. who normally yeah. wouldn't yeah. think yeah. of it started Absolutely. thinking about so, it. So uh, let's talk about, um, you've done some acquisitions with Moxie. Um, I think that everyone probably agrees to, to some extent that there's gonna be a lot of consolidation in prop tech space this year and maybe even 2024. Um, I mean, is that a fair statement? There'll be a lot of companies that have- Oh yeah. Some, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, to, to be clear, you know, one of the reasons that we sought a financial partner, so keep in mind, Moxie is is weird in the scheme of real estate tech companies in that in, in our origin and that we spun out mm -hmm. from Windermere Real Estate as what was then a technology and inside the brokerage out into the separate entity that's now Moxie. And so it wasn't until 2019 that we brought in outside capital, which is Vector Capital that was mm -hmm. now our financial partner. Uh, and that was deliberately because I anticipated that at some point soon, there would be a consolidation phase and and here we are and vector's right. been a great partner as we've gone through that so yeah i I'm, i think you're absolutely spot on 
So are you prowling? So are you let's out talk in the about, market? Are you out in the market yeah. looking for things? Oh, to, yeah. We, yeah. So we, I, I'm going to use the Marine Corps line here. Many are called, fewer are chosen. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not a Marine. Yeah. Uh, but I've always loved that line because it's, it's uh, about being highly selective. And that mm -hmm. we've done three acquisitions in three and a half years. To give you a sense, you know, we haven't done six in a year. Right. And I, I just, I think you have to be so careful. We have a good business model. We're, we're an enterprise software company. We try our best to take great care of our customers. You know, there's there's a lot of fundaments at Moxie that are easy to dilute or or even eliminate if you're too reckless in how you acquire. The, the thing everybody forgets is with acquisitions, and you guys know this, but for those maybe that are less familiar, the, the problem with acquisitions is everyone thinks that the, the point of value creation is the signature on the documents. <laughs> that, that's not the end of the value creation. That's the beginning, the beginning. of the value yeah. creation. That's right? where the work it's starts. The execution yeah. there. Yeah. Yes, totally right. So my point is, if you're not super thoughtful and think through how is that all going to go down, and more importantly, even more fundamental than that, is does this new company that you're trying to put into your own how does it match your business model and how does it match culturally? And if you don't get those two things right, and nothing's ever perfect, obviously, but if you don't spend the time thinking that stuff through, you're gonna probably have a disastrous acquisition, which means a disastrous integration. And so the culture, I'm assuming, is a big piece, yeah? Like huge piece, yeah. huge piece. And people are people, is, you know, all the- It's no different than the same thing if you're a real estate broker looking at doing a roll yes. up or a merger right. it, it is it is it is hand in glove the same like cultures have to be similar uh, just because you can uh, buy something or merge with someone doesn't mean you should right and so really yeah. the spreadsheet out. totally keith the spreadsheet doesn't give you that answer right. right it may look great on the spreadsheet but you know humans are humans and and you know like i like to joke too you know wouldn't business be so easy were it not for the humans <laughs> you know i mean yeah. it's all about the humans at yes. the end of it yeah yeah do you think yeah. that there's do you think that it's smart for brokers and agents i mean so i i'm prefacing this with i remember 2008 running a large regional franchise um, keith was running another major real estate company in the same area at the time we had a lot of cocktails together we did. during that time. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot um, of cocktails and uh, honesty. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Uh, yeah, good times. But yeah. what I was going to get at was there was a lot of companies that didn't, a lot of prop tech companies that didn't make it. And one of the things that I was very cognizant of was trying to make sure that the software products we were using had, you know, a strong balance sheet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I tell people this a lot that it's great to have the new and exciting tool and the newest thing on the market. But a lot of these companies are, they're not generating revenue yet. And you know, if, if venture capital pulls back, these companies won't be here. Um, totally. and, and yeah. then you're, you're out, like all of a sudden this thing is gone. Um, but you know, in fairness, 2008 was tough and I think it's a very different market than what we're in today, obviously for very different economic factors. Um, but I, but I worry about that, if I'm being, being honest. There's, I think there's a lot of really great startups oh. where I'm like, this is a, f a great idea. And I go, I don't think you'll be here in six months because no one's going to, this is not a, I guess what I'm going to say is this is a, this is a nice to have product, but not a need to have product. Yeah. Okay. So yes. So when we started our, our uh, product strategy a decade ago now for, at Moxie, because when, with the spin out, you know, when I showed up a decade ago, Winnemar was the only customer and there were no externally 
uh, you know, go-to-market right. products at that time. So we created a product strategy exactly around what you just said. Need to have, not nice to have, first element. <clears throat> the second element is try and aim for the fundamentals of sphere marketing because that's the durable piece, right? That's Because that's the other thing nobody's willing to talk about, what's happened to lead gen mm-hmm. and lead gen-related prop tech in the last 12 months, right? It's falling off a cliff for, for right. similar reasons. Um, so the durable thing, focusing on the durable behaviors and the, the need to have technologies that support those durable behaviors, it, I think that's, if, if you're a, a potential customer of or an existing customer of some technology, think of it through that lens. Is this something that people have to have and that supports the core ways in which they actually do business? Because if the answer is, is no to either of those, you're right, James, it's it's likely they're not going to be around. And the other thing to understand, it, <clears throat> you guys understand this, but again, for the audience, maybe there's a big lag effect mm-hmm. because when you have so much capital that comes in, balance mm-hmm. sheets in these startups are very strong or they look strong, but entrepreneurs often struggle and it's it's understandable. Nobody likes to cut, right? Especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're all about grow, grow, grow. Right. And I speak as an entrepreneur, by the way, on this, I'm highly <laughs> sympathetic and empathetic. But the but the reality is that entrepreneurs will wait too long to cut mm. and their balance sheets will run slim and then it's too late. Right. Then you're in the death spiral. And that's that's that. And we're going to see a lot of that because of that lag. I think we're going to see a lot of that. We haven't seen much yet, to be honest. I think we're going to see it starting in the back half of this year yeah. and into 24. I think you said that earlier, James. That's, yeah. that's when we're going yeah. to see it, really. Well, to you, me, that's it's like the opportunity of if the, people freak out about the real estate market and. And I'm like, man, this is the time to get aggressive. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. This yeah. is the time to go be a monster. and just. But yeah, quality oriented, as I said a minute ago, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just because it looks good on paper or it's quote unquote a deal. You still have to integrate it and make it work. Yeah. York, you said yeah. something in passing um, that I, I want to unpack a little, York. Um, you mentioned yeah. the, the change in lead gen. And I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm going to ask you, what do you mean by the change in lead gen? Sure. I think, you know, I just feel like there's so much hype that has been put into the system in the last decade yeah. by PropTech around lead gen that somehow magically we're going to to finally solve the 1% conversion rate around <laughs> leads in, uh, yeah. in this business. And it that's what I that's what I'm referring to. And I think, you know, when when uh, the, if there's one criticism I would level at, at the real estate industry, it's that I don't know that there's the same level of business discipline that you see in many other industries. Agreed. And the consequence of that is that when the market is cooking, as it has been now for quite a while, you know, people get, for lack of a better term, sloppy. In other mm-hmm. words, they, they spend money on things without really evaluating the ROI. And I think lead gen is, is a good example of that. And it kind of goes back to where I started. You know, how many people fill out a form for a you know a special deal on an open heart surgery. Yeah. I don't think that happens, right? No. No. You want to know and see and touch and feel and, and yeah. feel really good about the doc that's going to be carving you open. Yeah. And I feel like real estate, while the stakes aren't quite that high, but you know, it's similar, right? So over 80% of the business provable, we have the data, over 80% of agents' business comes from their sphere of influence mm-hmm. and and the lead gen you know, converts at 1% still in the aggregate, even though countless billions have been spent there by Zillow and others. And by the way, I don't saying I'm not saying it's it's not a component of the industry. It is. Sure. And I think teams 
many teams are able it, to make that work. They but do a good job on it. There's sure. this inherent broad swath yeah. does not. There's this inherent disconnect between the race to the top of the funnel, right? And if that's right. If you're a if you're a brilliant humanist but a average business person, you're much better at late funnel, right? Because that is when the client needs another human to shepherd them through the process. And so we have an industry Bingo. that we have an industry that tends to be late funnel centric skill set focused. And there's been this race to the top of the funnel where they many just aren't wired, built, or good at handling that piece of it. Right. And yes. And I would further stipulate that that's why the sphere, when you combine the, the sort of high stakes nature of it and the fact that the average uh, consumer knows 10 agents, but mm-hmm. picks the, you know, four to five pick the first one they talk to when the time comes, that's all evidence of how important this transaction is yeah. to them and how much they trust the person. Right. So that's all low funnel behavior. The good news is the average agent has 400 people in their sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. So they really have a funnel. So you don't need right. to go generate one. You have one. Right. Just go work it. And by the way, here's my proof point on this bit of an anecdote. And this is several years ago, but I was talking with a Windermere agent here in Seattle and just chewing the fat about their business, this and that. And they're like, well, I got a list of this property and blah, blah, blah. And it's it's the co-founder of Redfin. <laughs> 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 the co-founder of Redfin with a Windermere agent, right? Oh, yeah. But Why that was that? actually common. I, yeah. I heard that a lot, actually. Yeah. Sure. So but my mark point is tape. all There's the our fancy cut. schmancy. Yeah, mark that yeah. tape. There's yeah. our cut. There's our cut. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But all the fancy schmancy lead gen, you know, tech blah 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 shit in the world isn't gonna isn't gonna change a relationship totally like that. Right? Totally agree. So yeah, yeah. We well, let's just use a, Let's just use a basic number. Go ahead, Keith. Sorry. No, no, no. We just get distracted, right? We we I think especially yeah. to your point, York, in the go go days, right when when deals are flowing rather than sort of continue to do the boring trench digging foundation pouring uh we want to go vertical with our business and do some new shiny thing that everyone will see right at where the real value is in that bedrock that trench digging that foundation pouring of your business bingo and i think we it's human behavior right we're all yeah, fundamentally at some level lazy and so we want the shortcut right and yeah, the shortcut yeah, doesn't exist yeah, yeah. well also i was going to say statistically we average around about 5.3 to 5.4 million units annually and it's mm-hmm. been that way for a long time yes, and yet lead gen right. has skyrocketed it's like okay well now there's 40 million leads per year and i'm going well there's only the same number of people same buying number houses. Of people yes buy. <laughs> does anybody want to do the math and, here yeah like and those there's leads something get, wrong with that flop process so well, and it's worse even than what you say because those leads get sold to bundled times right right, so it's, right it's well over 100 right. million lead instances so yeah it's it's foolishness yeah, yeah. no there's a there's a there's an element of of that i remember uh rich barden was talking and i, I love rich i think he's brilliant just for oh, yeah, disclaimer for sure. he's, he's absolutely amazing but he made this comment when talking about ibuying originally which they obviously exited about how it was going to create a market i'm like i don't think there's enough money you could print to create mm-hmm. a market like that and eventually no. he pulled yeah. out because he's like oh, no. that ain't gonna work so but here's uh, my other pro tip okay so a friend this is more for a realtor if you if you want to build your business and you're sphere minded, all you got to do is one simple thing. And that is do annual property reviews for the people in your sphere. Oh, it God. It drives simplest. me nuts. Yeah. Dude, we have done, my wife and I have done more than 20 transactions. We're not some 
investors, just as we've right. done life and worked yeah. with our parents and you know the usual. We've stuff, seen your right? resume and all the jobs you've had. Like yeah, you've yeah. moved around yeah, quite you, a bit. Right. right. So, yeah. so my point is, in the I don't know how many realtors we've used in that time, but it's at least half a dozen. Not a single one mm-hmm. of them one time has done a property annual property review for us post, you know, once we've owned a, a, one of the properties they sold. Yeah, yeah. And that is such a proven way to get business. And I, my stipulation, James, is that is probably the, the probably the only way in which we could expand that five point something million that mm. you referenced, the, the, the annual amount of transactions. Yeah. My thesis is if every agent did that, what it would do is cause people to think sooner about a transaction than they otherwise would. Mm. Right. That's it's it's those fundamental behaviors that we have to do, not some bullshit lead and, gen thing that yeah, you know yeah. there'd be a lot less agents. And like that's the whole the whole the whole funny thing. I had this conversation recently and then we'll we'll go on to our you know a couple more questions before we before we get you out of here. But it's like if if everybody wants to get rid of the online portals, it's such an easy way to do it. I'm not advocating this for clarity. I'm just saying if you want it, if you if everyone's sick and tired of real estate portals, there's one way to get rid of them. Follow up with your client on yes! a realized basis, yeah, yeah, so they yeah. come back to you when they want to buy a house again, and they won't yep. go to a portal and they won't become a lead, and then essentially well, the portals have no business. By the way, they know this. This is why they're trying to find the, the what, they're, what we're calling the long tail portion of the follow up. Everyone's on this game now, seven to ten years out. If yes. we were to, as an industry, figure that out, like just stay in touch with your client, get them to come back to you, there is no online portals anymore because you, they're just going to call yep. the realtor that they forgot about seven years later. You don't so, even have to want to. Right. You don't even have to want to um, get rid of them. You can just want to build your business the right, ignore them, and go continue yeah. to yeah. follow up with your client, build an enduring business, and then they're going to do what they're going to do. Compete with them and win anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got. Yeah. I think we got totally. time for one more. All right, so let, let's. Yeah, let's do one more. So I I, I want to ask you, uh, and I'm going to kind of do this. I'm going to I'm going to put two together. So one is the coolest. I don't know we said like watch new tech companies. But what's the coolest piece of technology? And don't say chat GTP or I swear to God I'll get on a plane. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. So trust so, me. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, so like the coolest piece of technology that you're like this is really really interesting, and then piggyback that as a closing out on the intersection between technology and the realtor in the future. Just kind of like put all that into one sort of closing statement for us. Sure. So I think, and and I, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen attempts at it, including our own. And that is, and it does, it does benefit from machine learning, but, um, but that would be the, the uh, assistant to the realtor. Mm-hmm. It, I, I personally believe that AI is being misapplied and, and hyped in such a crazy way, right? I've seen these hype cycles over and over and over in my 40-year tech career now. It's ridiculous amount of hype. And again, we're creating the same problem I started that we started this podcast with, which is too much money pouring into too many companies, most of which will fail. But I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> I do think where it can be interesting is with the agent. Why? A consumer has a very high bar, right? You, any consumer can tell when something is AI generated pretty much. Right? Sure. And it may be good and it may be acceptable, but you can tell it's not a human for the most part. Whereas at the agent level, agent will tolerate that a lot better if it's valuable to them. So our focus is on applying that kind of stuff at the at the agent level. And I think that's where it goes in the future. Why? Because we talked about it on this podcast. This The real estate process is a human process. It's a non-fungible asset, high stakes, highly emotional. That's not going to change. 
But I think the brokerage model is such that staff has been reduced over time and, and assisting is less, you know, services are fewer. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the role that technology, you know, the, te- the technology enabled agent in the future is not going to be that they have to be some geeked mm-hmm. out, you know, computer centric person. It's that the technology will come alongside them as they are today already with CRM and things, but in a much more fluid mm-hmm. and um an easily digested way and proactive way. Most technology is reactive. And by the way, I'm, I'm saying this for Moxie too. And we have our notifications and things that we point out and so on to the agent. But we can do a lot more, I think, to to really come alongside as a true assistant kind of function to that agent and and then automatically do things with their permission on their behalf, not mm-hmm. out here randomly doing things without their knowledge, which is what most AI right is is trying to do interesting keith unpack that for us and you'll have some thoughts on that especially since you've researched a lot of this stuff yeah york and i are in uh, violent agreement which makes for boring podcasts but uh, i'll i I will add to it um i i think it's really about like yes we could probably take chat gpt or some piece of ai and if it's a fill-in-the-blank contract right we could probably teach it pretty quickly how to review a residential real estate state contract right so that wouldn't be terribly hard that's also not it's an important step in the process but there's a handful of pieces in which you really need that agent to advise you really need that agent to uh to provide massive value so it's more about what price should i offer right ai is not going to be Mm -hmm. able to help you with that with the emotional aspect of what if I lose this house in a multiple offer situation and, and navigating the waters of of how to f- set price? So I just use the contract as an example. It'll be really easy to explain what uh, AI to explain what inspection contingency removal means and how that works in a given state. You could have it spit that out quickly. It can't yet anyway. I haven't seen it anywhere near close. Give really thoughtful, uh, powerful, impactful advice in the moments and in the key pieces that are needed. Got yeah, it. totally. Yeah. And, and the, the final comment I would add, Keith, I agree with you completely that, that people need to understand about it. It's a function. It, it's not magic. It doesn't have this this knowledge inherently of all these things. It's just scraping the Internet for its knowledge. Right. And we all know the cesspool that is the Internet, right? It's great <laughs> stuff and crap out there. And so, of course, it's not going to be it's going to be a reflection of all of that. Right. Yeah. So that's why it's yeah. not magic. The internet, I like to call the dumpster fire. So yes, it's like social magic. media. Yeah. Um, I, I always love this idea of, uh, and we'll wrap up here on AI, just thinking, I, I love the concept, York, of, you know, an agent's running late, their phone can tell that they're going to be missing the appointment. They're going to be 15 minutes late. It reaches out to their client because they're attached to the calendar and it notifies them automatically. I'm that's running right. 15, like it's that kind of stuff, right? It's that's like right. The, it's the, the assistant side where it's a remote workforce, but it's helping them through their day. And that's just intelligence. I love that. I love that analogy, York, of just like the intersection between the two of how that agent looks in the future. And it's not going to replace something we can all agree on this pod that the agent is an, a very instrumental part of that transaction. Uh, but technology can help them be more efficient. Um, that's it. Exactly. Uh, you know, great. Here's the app called. It's called Realtor Standard Time. And basically, it helps them stay on time versus realtor <laughs> right. standard time, right? There's the name of the product. So there you go. Um, all right. right well, on that. <laughs> well, York, thanks for being here so much. We uh, we appreciate it. We love the dialogue. Can't wait to have another one of these 
in a cocktail uh, in a bar with some cocktails at Inman or another event. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with York, his uh, contact information is in the description. Uh, and uh, we look forward to uh, having you on again in the future. Thanks again, York. Thanks. Yeah, York. thanks for having me. Yes, we want you to subscribe to this podcast. But the good news is if you subscribe now, you'll never have to subscribe to any other podcast ever again.